Okay, I just got through talking to Seth Hendershot. He's a local musician here in Athens, Georgia, and a proprietor of a fine coffee and bar establishment named Hendershot's. <clears throat> it's July 4th, 2017, and they were cleaning the place up this morning, so I kind of uh, broke in and uh, interrupted the fun. After they polished the place up, Seth was able to sit down with me for about an hour and, and talk. Totally, totally awesome conversation with Seth Hendershot. My name is Larry Ford, and this is Limited Perspective, Episode 1. Check it out. You're so busy, I had to make an appointment to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you again so much for making the time. My pleasure, man. Yeah. The, um, uh, I got a real good view of what it's like behind the scenes. Oh, man. At a, yeah. At a bar, said, coffee shop. The less, the less glamorous side. <laughs> Much less glamorous, yeah. <laughs> but important, very important. But very, very, very important. And I didn't realize we made such a mess last night at Open Mic. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty much Open Mic. <laughs> we have to come in every day, every Tuesday and do this. It's crazy. Cool. How did Open Mic go last night? Good. There Thanks. was a crowd. Awesome. Amazingly. Yeah. And it, it happened, a phenomenon where uh, one young performer had a lot of friends. Nice. And she came and we were ahead of schedule and she's like hey can you can you uh come it can you can you make it so that i land right the time i'm scheduled because i have people showing up to see me nice so i'm like yes i will accommodate you and then i crammed three or four extras in there nice and then she did she had a lot of people oh that's great what was her name rihanna gordon okay yeah and uh her dad played on standby also Oh, nice! Yeah, That's I put a little awesome. film on um, <clears throat> on uh, my Larry Fort music page. Oh, great! I'll check and, it out. Awesome. And I made an open mic pics. Oh, just for just so you know, we're recording. All right, excellent, <laughs> excellent. So uh, not too. Uh... Oh, so I ended up uh, doing a crash course on Seth Hendershot. Oh, wow. last night. Okay. Not, well, a little bit last night before open mic, and a little bit this morning, and I'm like, wow. I had to stop watching the Russell Library's oral history thing because oh, wow. they were answering too many questions, and I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, my my interview is not going to be fresh if you know if I watch this. But it was it was fascinating. Oh, and I man. see that there's like hours of material. Had, did have you watched it? Or, I, I haven't watched the whole the... thing. My sister did, and mm-hmm. uh, definitely corrected me on some stuff Oops. that I got wrong about my parents. And she didn't start smoking in, in uh, high school? No, she totally did. She totally did. Um, that was correct. But uh, no, some of the information on my parents, like both of my parents did go to college. They just didn't finish. Oh, okay. I think I said that they didn't go to college. Yeah. And, um, oh, man, there was one or two other things. I haven't watched it all to, to kind of wow. to kind of see what, you know. Sure. Oh, what that's I okay. actually that's said, but yeah, what you... <laughs> that was a that was a treat, man. That was a real honor. Chris, uh, Christian Lopez is a, a great guy. And oh, I yes, was. I know him. Yeah, yeah. Is is he the one that he filmed? And he set all that up. That yeah, beautiful. he had a he had a little crew of uh, like a couple people filming, and then the two um, hosts. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. out there. Yeah, I'm jealous. This is my new camera, so this will be my second time right. bringing it out. Well, it's new, new to me. Okay, Excellent. new to me. So. Um, but uh, I'm gonna. But yeah, I, I was impressed with what what the library did, what Man, Christian did. That was a uh, neat project. Yes, yeah, yeah. To be a part of. So, yeah, would you? Do you uh, 
did you prepare? Did it take you a while to get warmed up for that one, or did you just? I honestly like no. I was still half awake. Like I was only a cup in. Um, I think when I showed up to both of those things. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. Let me turn that off. Sorry. Um, it was a two day thing, uh, and yeah, I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and I didn't. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, why? I didn't really understand why I was a part of it. Like, why do they want to talk Yeah, to I just, yeah. you know, like, it, when you, the the internal you is always like, well, I'm not, you know, interesting enough to be in that or to have, you know, for people to be like, ooh, oh, you're so yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever, you know, um, which I, I get sometimes here, and it's 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 funny. I, I, uh, I'm always taken aback by that. Well, I'll tell you, that um, reminds me that I've, was going to say it. This is not entirely true, but I'll simplify it. I'm glad I met you um, and got to know you as just a person, you know, that sometimes plays a guitar and drums in a band and runs a coffee shop, rather than what I learned when I did my research after I, you know, Googled you. I was like, oh, wow, Randall Bramblett, that's impressive, and this Keshubashi, you know. I knew you toured with them, but then when I didn't like, you know what, learn about these bands he played in, you know. And I, I was like impressed with both those two, and then I had heard the name Fuzzy Sprouts because my brother was around Athens at the time. Oh, nice! And and, uh, and I, I think he maybe roomed with Tim for a while. Oh, cool! So I I, I, I looked at them I'm like, damn, that that's good. Why, Larry, where you know I was in town, I just didn't get out, and I didn't get out much. So yeah, so yeah, I was I was very impressed. So um, thanks, man. Yeah, the, what's uh, I'll I'll make you repeat some of the stuff I heard. Sure. Not word for word, but I'll ask some similar questions. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, what... I'll just start with music. Like, what what sparked you to... What what about music piqued your interest, and then I guess what made you think, I'm going to do that? Um... You know that, and I think this is probably true for a lot of musicians and artists in general. Like, or or, I mean, really anybody that picks a, a path. Um, or that, it, or a path picks them. Maybe mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I was just fascinated with music, at, at, like super young. I, like you hear most of the time when when mm-hmm. people are interviewed and they're like, "Oh, I started at a very early age." And, you know, mm-hmm. that it sounds cliche, but it, it certainly was true for me. Like I, I just didn't understand why everybody didn't want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I was yeah. just like, "This is awesome! This is amazing!" Mm-hmm. I was listening to Beach Boys records that my dad had. Um, we were we were brought up like super strict Assembly of God Christian mm-hmm. um, in the town I lived in in New Jersey and uh, and so exposure to like secular music was pretty rare um, so it was like really easygoing stuff like Beach Boys and um, Richie Valens and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, my dad had a ton of records he was an old hippie you know he, he uh, ended up going to Vietnam uh, because he he dropped out of college but. Uh, but he had a great record collection and a really great taste in music, and he would let me get away with listening to that stuff. But mm-hmm. the new, more modern stuff, you know, in the early '80s, um, the hair metal yeah. bands that <laughs> I wanted to listen to, he was not into. Um, but but all that started, you know, when I was a kid, just a little kid listening to music, and I think listening to the Beach Boys taught me a lot about harmony and and yeah, melody and really and just how songs are constructed. You know, mm-hmm. those guys were yeah, yeah. were pros. You know, obviously. Um, and and the best at it for that time, um, but I just I was just fascinated with it. I I really probably could have played any instrument uh, 
I just happened to land on drums uh-huh. because that's my dad played some drums in college uh-huh. and you know when he was young and um, I saw pictures of him doing that and I was like well that uh-huh. you know what I mean that sounds good let's do that See, yeah. but it could have been anything it could have mm-hmm. been bass or you know tuba or whatever you know whatever. I just yeah, happened yeah. to land on drums and and really loved it um, and, and he I'm okay. sorry I know you could I was gonna say he's got me a little paper you know drum set a little cheap mm-hmm. uh, series catalog drum set when I was like seven mm-hmm. and I started banging around on that and, and he must have known you would eventually um, stray from the you know the Christian the faith Christian, uh, yeah, well it was no, funny no. We, I was playing a little in church and uh, like it, and it was you know I want to say a little, I mean very little. Mm -hmm. Um, I brought the the drum set up there a couple of times, and I was, you know, super influenced by by Christian bands and and was writing what I thought were Christian songs on Mm -hmm. the drums. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like this little kid banging out these these hymns, basically, Uh you uh know, Victory in Jesus and stuff like that. Uh Um, But uh, we actually just, uh, we were committed. Like, we were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, all of us were on That's board and signed up and in an it and went to Christian church, school yeah. during the day. Um, and as soon as we moved to Georgia, the Bible Belt, like, I think we went to church twice and then stopped completely. Oh. It was crazy. And we just, the kids just did what the parents did. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, our parents told us to go to church. We went to church. Right, right, right. But when we got to, uh, arrived in the South, man, we just, it just stopped. It was weird. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for it. It's not anything. I don't have like a, I don't have a great open dialogue with my mm-hmm. parents. I love my parents. We have a great relationship, but uh, we don't talk a lot about that time. I'd be interested to interview them and yeah, find yeah. out what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to this day, I have no idea. We just mm. stopped. I actually, in middle school, after we stopped, when, when we moved down to Georgia and stopped going, I sought out a youth group. Like, mm-hmm. I just kept doing it you know uh, I just, it was just something I was comfortable with and sure. I had a couple of friends that were going and I was like cool I want to go because I want to keep being right. a part of that um, and then you know this happened that happened like I don't know I, you just see some thing or you're part of, of something and, and then see it sort of dismantled by the very organization you're you're a part of and, and you're yeah. kind of like oh, this yeah, I think I don't I know. know. Turn me off. I mean, there, there's there's good there's good and bad in everything, right? You know, absolutely. And for instance, the youth group. I think uh, once you've once you understand what a what a community is like, you know, if you're, if your peer people like you, you know, it's in my from my estimation, it's it's like awesome to get together and uh, do things together. Yeah, regardless of whether it's under the uh, administration of, of of the church or you know yeah or or marching band or you know whatever yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. always been drawn to the group thing you know mm-hmm. I like being a part of the group and I like being in the in, you know involved and you know just well, participating yeah oh which reminds me that makes me think of uh, uh, camp amped because I know you were involved in that and I yeah. know a little bit about it um, name of my podcast. Uh, working name is limited perspective so that way i don't have to know i know a little bit and i ask some questions cool i like okay. that that's <laughs> good you. that's really good i hope that's what it turns out to be yeah i think i think that's my thing but tell me about camp amped so um i uh, love teaching and um i am friends with dan nettles and in 2008 uh Nucci space which dan was a big part of and working for working at uh, mm-hmm. he worked at Nucci Space for a long time um, Dan the local guitarist obviously from Kenosha Kid um, 
but they started this thing, and it was sort of the surge um, after School of Rock came out, that movie with uh-huh. uh, Jack Black. It yeah, felt yeah. like socially there was this surge to like, hey, let's... You know, let's uh, let's do music camps for these mm-hmm. kids that are all into rock and roll and right, stuff. Right, and sure. you don't have to, you know, you have to join marching band to, to be to to go to band camp mm-hmm. and to to you know get exposure from people who know more than you, you know, and and uh, and learn learn the the craft mm-hmm. of you know being in a band. Um, it felt like there was this surge in America after that movie came mm-hmm. out of these things popping up all over mm-hmm. the place. And Nucci's just being Nucci's, you know was like, yeah, let's do mm-hmm. that. You know, we're interested in the younger community here in Athens and, and uh, we can help foster their experience in the music world, which, you know, that's a huge part of what <laughs> Athens is about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. any kid that lives here, their parent is part of a band or was in a band or knows people exactly. that, you know, goes to shows. There's yeah, Athens, likely, all this great yeah. stuff. So they have all this amazing exposure <laughs> at an early age, so... Um, it's it was just a natural fit, I think, for Nucci's. Yeah. So that started in two thousand eight. I think was the first one, maybe two thousand seven. Um, and then two thousand nine, as I became better friends with Dan, um, he just asked me if I wanted to be a part of it and come teach. I thought I was just going to come in and teach drums to mm-hmm. kids, but you're actually teaching a band. So, so oh. there are like twenty eight kids. Um, or you know, between twenty-eight and thirty kids, they split them up uh, between eight instructors. So uh-huh. each kid is in two ensembles or two bands, okay. and the eight instructors um, all instruct one of those bands. Okay. So um, there's you know, ensemble red and ensemble blue, or ensemble one and ensemble uh-huh. two, whatever. Um, and four of us might teach uh, four different bands in ensemble one, and then. The other four instructors will teach the ensemble two bands, and the kids are all mixed up in those. You know, however the math works out, there's four, five, and six piece uh-huh. bands, um, and every kid brings something to the table. You know, most of them these days are multi instrumentalists. It's mm-hmm. a trip to watch these kids, man. They all start on one thing, and then before they're 15, they're playing three, do- three yeah. different instruments. You know, it's it's crazy. Well, it's the great. amount of talent there is great, and you know, some are just starting out, but they've taken enough lessons where they mm-hmm. know. You know, a G, a C, and a D, and yeah. you know they can kind of plunk through a song. They have to come with some sort of skill set. Mm-hmm. They can't just show up. Uh-huh, um, right, right. And there, there is a waiting list. Like it's Amazing. become a really popular Amazing. thing. There are two sessions, and uh-huh. there's a waiting list. But anyway, I got involved in 2009 and fell in love with it. And um, I think the only year I haven't done it is 2011 because I broke my arm and I was super busy yeah. that summer mm-hmm. and. Um, we, you know, Hendershots shots was was starting to really take all my time, and right, I just right. I, I avoided doing anything extracurricular. Sure, That's sure. Not, yeah. That. So, what what year did you guys switch over from the old gas station? Well, that opened in 2010. We were there till 2013. Okay. In the summer of 2013, we moved here, here to okay. the Bottle Works. So basically, three years barely. Just barely got anything, you know. Yeah, that's not. We're long just at all. starting to turn a corner, and yeah. then it was like, oh, now you take on more debt, change gear. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but uh, but no, camp camp is an awesome program, and like both of my kids, well, my oldest child is involved in it. She does it every year, mm-hmm. and my youngest will be next year. She'll be eligible. It basically the kids are eleven to seventeen. After seventeen, they can't do it anymore, and they can't do it before eleven. But um, it's a okay. it's a great program, man. We. We talk 
in a very real way about social ailments and you know issues and things they're going to deal with being out there and That's, doing it and some of the kids are hardcore and want to be in bands and mm-hmm. want to be musicians for the rest of their lives some of them want to be astronauts or mathematicians mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and they just really love music yeah. and want to do it as a hobby and we we welcome them all right and the the socioeconomic uh diversity is is pretty great that you is. know some kids are like private school kids mm-hmm. and some kids are like you know, they go there and that's like their meal for the day is the lunch they get there. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh-huh. it, it ranges from anything from that to that. The that extremes. Is, see that work that, that helps uh, bring people together in uh, many ways. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and then, it, right. It's not like there's some, like what I imagine the old days is some one kid that feels like he doesn't fit in. So he stays in the room and plays a guitar. Right. Then ends up, in a band, but he hasn't had any sort of training or warning of what it's going to be like. Uh, not that I've experienced that myself, but I, I I know enough that you end up in situations that you weren't prepared for. Yeah, people, and you, you have know, to make decisions, and, and you know we're hoping people love to, you too much, or you know whatever, so yeah. too many drugs, or <laughs> right, right. And we we talk to them about that, and and we talk to them about Nucci's mission about suicide prevention and mm-hmm. depression, and you know. Uh, just awareness of that disease and, mm-hmm. and how to cope and, and that Nucci's is, is there for them. Mm-hmm. It's made for them. Um, and I, I think um, that program has helped a lot of kids that, stay out of a lot of crazy situations. I believe it. That is amazing. Cause that, that was, I, there was nothing like that when I was growing up. I know, yeah, I know. So. And everybody, <laughs> like all of us say that and every, all the parents say that and it's like, man... Yeah, this is great. It's like it's really it's really um, blowing a lot of people's minds, and and maybe one day there'll be a, an adult camping. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same kind exactly. of concept. Or just knowing that adults can hang out at Nucci Space, you know, and, yeah. you know, just uh, I've rented you know rehearsal space on occasion, and uh, uh, I just sort of like being around there. Yeah, you know, man, just sort of. It's a very unique place. I don't yeah. think there's any place like it in America, yeah. and it's it's uh, yeah, it's huge, cool. a huge asset. Something sticks in my mind. Is, I mean, you, since your dad was a Vietnam vet, uh, would you, just just you know, he, like you said, you don't talk to him a lot. But do you, was he a hippie before Vietnam, or was he a hippie after um, Vietnam? Before yeah. and during, yeah. yeah. Like so, um, he's his transformation has been interesting. Like um, he um, he was playing in bands when he went to college, and mm-hmm. then when he when he bailed on college uh, I guess got drafted or joined mm-hmm. I think he ended up joining the Air Force I have to ask him that mm-hmm. but um, uh, and uh, and then got stationed you know he was in Vietnam for a year I think year and a half something mm-hmm. like that and you know my mom always pokes him about like now now he's in the you know he's retired he was a, a, a postman for forever mm-hmm. um, 35 years or something like that That's and retired well. from the post post office and now he's uh you know part of the vfw riders and a bunch of vietnam vets really? and he wears his vietnam veteran hat mm-hmm. and you know he's very passionate about right. um about veterans you know um causes uh, whether it's you know standing at 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 funerals you know in the line with the with the harley davidson's and stuff uh-huh. or uh-huh. or um you know posting stuff on Facebook about, you know, Memorial Day and, and, uh-huh. you know, just things like that. Like, he's become very passionate about it. He was pretty tight-lipped about it when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, he just didn't talk about it much. Sure. Um, but but I know it 
you know, it was an experience he probably could have done without. I think as the, as the case yeah, with pretty many, much anybody that went to yeah. Vietnam could have <laughs> never gone there and been fine. Um, it changed a lot of lives for, you know, probably for the worse mostly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he was over there smoking weed and, and, Uh you know, listening to Chambers Brothers and, Uh you know, just... Uh Being himself, because really you're. But unfortunately, there. calling where bombs are supposed to right, drop exactly. kill it's people. Free, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, quite a dichotomy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he didn't go to Woodstock or anything. But he was, you know, when I say hippie, he was just kind of swept up in the hippie generation the, a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know, in, of the '70s. And you know, like it didn't. As I get older, I realize that men and women in the military are very young. Yeah. They're, they're kids. My mom, I remember my mom used to say that they're so young, and I was like, well, no, they're not. But that, you know, when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah you're like, they're you, older than me, yeah, man. They're, they're like, like they're, adults. Yeah. You know? so, but they but, really uh, are kids and yeah, babies, man. They like, just want to freaking have fun, do what, you know. I mean, everyone wants to do their job, but it's, it's easier if it's not a, in a war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, these days, Dad's, like, pretty staunch conservative and... Um, yeah, says some things that I'm just always like, wow, man, this is not. I don't think you're the same person you were. Maybe I'll change. When oh, I you get say to your dad's age. gotten kind of conservative. Oh, wait, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, conservative. Okay. I mean, he's still fun. He's still you know, right, right. Still fun to be around him, but we just like we don't talk politics, right, right, at all. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're better. If he yeah. does, he's needling and he wants a reaction. And he's you know, right, right, right. And I'm just yeah. like, no, 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 no. Sometimes I'll give in and like, rah, rah. Well, yes, it's irresistible. I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, I, with my dad we share politics. Nice. And uh, he was in the Navy just before Vietnam and right after Korea. Oh, so wow. So he avoided any serious conflict. They may have been on some submarine spy missions. Sure. With the old diesel fuel submarines. Wow. But that's all I get is a, a few stories, and fortunately he avoided any you know, conflict. Wow. most life-threatening yeah, situations. <laughs> what? Let's see. You've Since I've met you, you, according to Facebook, you've been to Japan with Kashibashi... And all over the country with Randall Bramlett. And I became a big fan of the old school trio when I happened into into shots one time. I was just like, wow, you know what? what, I don't have him coming here earlier, you know. It's like, there's a, and there's actually that. Of course, the Fuzzy Sprouts, um, I'm I'm, I'm a new fan to them. It's a little bit late, but. um, Yeah, I wish there was more stuff out there. That band was funny, man. We had a great time. Mm -hmm. It was a really, really great band. Um, And we toured uh, up and down the East Coast and had a great time together, played mostly empty places, Mm -hmm. you know, unless we were supporting a big local band. Like, that band just never... The rubber never really hit the road. We could kill at the theater. We'd mm-hmm. fill it up. But, yeah. like, we just couldn't make it happen on the road. But it was a time, you know, it was, like, the right before the the video generation, the mm-hmm. YouTube world, you know. And, and so there's just so little material out there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's a couple of naked band picks uh, where, you know, desperate, <laughs> desperate for audience members, we just took off all mm-hmm. our clothes and played naked. Funny. Um, well, yeah. I did see uh, what I think is a, a reunion 
performance where oh yeah, mostly yeah, naked. George yeah. Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was we did do some underwear in that one. You know, we're all dads now, so we yeah, had to be a little more like, conservative. But yeah, we so definitely you're getting came conservative out in our already. Underwear. Yeah. Put on your clothes. <laughs> A grown man should wear his pants. Yeah, at least wear your underwear <laughs> on stage. Um, but, uh, but, but that was a great band. I spent some time with a band called Blueground Undergrass too. Okay. I don't know how much of that is out mm-hmm. there, but uh, uh, Jeff Mosier, uh, who actually just saw the um, at the Bear Hollow mm-hmm. uh, Zoograss thing that Mark Merritt's putting on over at Memorial Park. It's really great. Just like an afternoon Sunday concert in in the little amphitheater at mm-hmm. Memorial Park. Um, but I spent three years with them, and uh, that that turned me on to a whole new genre of music that I'd really been exposed to, and, and, and what's still it a big again? fan of Blueground Undergrass. And what was their uh, style? So it's it's like uh, electrified bluegrass. Like we did, wow. like we opened for Ralph Stanley one time. Uh-huh. Um, Jeff was one of the first guys that. Colonel Bruce enlisted for the Aquarium oh. Rescue Unit, you know, in the oh. early, early stages of that, and uh, he and Colonel Bruce were real, real close. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, basically, they when they came out in uh, was it ninety nine, two thousand, something like that, uh, really made some waves, like became popular in the jam scene really fast uh. in the jam band world because the jam band world was starting to do this like cross-pollination of like bluegrass and electronic music and you know and and uh you know african you know hand drumming stuff Mm -hmm. and like all this all these different styles were so and and country music all of it was like coming together into this you know jam band noodly grateful dead you know sort of insanity um and jeff had taught fish the the guys from Uh fish how to the like the the refined art of bluegrass uh, like he oh. went on the road with him in 94 so when he started wow. his band in 99 it just like you know the fish kids were just like oh it's Jeff Mosher <laughs> got the top fish how to play bluegrass <laughs> so it was this big deal for a few years and then sort of fell off but um, David Blackman was in that band that's how I met David okay um, get, David you know this I'm renowned done. fiddler no you you I have to remind you. I, I sadly, I don't know. I'm not very. Um, oh no, I'm not yeah, up on things. Great. There's so many. There's like a lot of names that I've heard, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm um, catching up. Like for instance, I like researching ahead of time for this interview. I realized that I just got a quick little lesson on Athens music. You know, like I know a little bit because I hung around with my brother a little bit when he was here. And then, right, right. But I really just came out of a hole and started participating in open mic and started uh, paying attention again so nice so yeah you can well Blackman's one to know mm-hmm. man he's yeah. uh, he's actually really good friends with Christian Lopez who I did that last time okay. before um, but David's a fiddler mm-hmm. um, and mandolin player he played mandolin and fiddle for Jerry Reed oh wow um, country music great Jerry, Jerry Reed, Reed. <laughs> and um, and then he was on the first Widespread Panic album uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then did their whole first tour and he had this terrible accident and broke his neck Correct. and um, he was you know not paralyzed but I mean he was he was handicapped for a long time and um had a bout with painkillers and got through that and, and got on the clean train and mm-hmm. and was doing great and, and rehabilitating and got his strength back, you know, and was walking around but still carrying a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of uh, pain and um, 
he uh, is still active. He's still playing. He's not, you know, his health is declining a little. Um, he's having a hard time right now. So mm. we're all like, you know, rooting for him. I have some okay. good friends that are really close with him that go see him often. I don't see him as much as I should, but when I do get to see him, it's a okay. treat. But he was in Bluegrass Undergrass playing fiddle, and he taught me a ton. He's he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Like awesome. just really really cool guy, cool. A really awesome guy. Uh, are you gonna like? Are you gonna have you? Are you gonna schedule him here at, at Hendershots? Or? You know him and uh, he and Chris Enghauser, the upright bass player. Are um, Chris is a Chris graduated I... from UGA um, and plays. He's an amazing upright jazz bass player. Okay. Um, and plays with the Macon Symphony and teaches at Jacksonville State University. Lives here in town. He teaches private lessons here, and okay. he's super active in the sort of old timey stuff as well. Um, he was in uh, what was Christian's band? Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of that band. It was great, but it was David Blackman, Noel, and Noel from Klezmer, Local Forty Two. Yes, I definitely know them. But um, and then Christian and Chris Enghauser. Ah, okay. Ah. So he and Chris Enghauser are doing this duet stuff right now. So I'm going to try and book ah. them here as soon as cool. possible. Cool. So he'll be here. You'll get to see him. Cool. Um, how, how have you um, fared? Uh, how many episodes have you done with your Hendershots um, Two. I'm behind. I was supposed to do one yesterday, but mm-hmm. we were having some folks over for an yeah. early 4th of July celebration, sure, sure. so I ended up not getting it out, but hopefully I can get it out today. Get it. Oh, um, well, you know. yeah, you, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm t- I'm, I'm no, you're your... fine. I probably <laughs> won't. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, Maybe tonight I'll sit down and do one, mm-hmm. um, just sort of a quick, quick and dirty one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But... Um, yeah, it's been fun. I love it. I love it. I want to keep doing it. Yeah, I like. I I I really enjoyed your uh, heartfelt conversation with uh, S J. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. I actually listened back to that yesterday after I talked to you. Um, and yeah, that was that was a neat conversation. And of course, you know, I'm going like listening to the whole podcast, going, mm. okay, I need to cut this and snip this, and yeah. you know, wrap it up here, keep it more focused right. here. But, <laughs> but that that conversation was super organic, and mm. it was it was kind of great because I was at the beach with my family on vacation, and mm-hmm. um, my wife was taking a nap, and the kids were hanging out eating lunch, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna call Sarah now, and we just had this great conversation, and. Um, you know, some some pretty, I think some pretty uh, cool material for people to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, just some stuff to bring yeah, up. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's it's a breaking it apart and allowing some you know have a have a, a grown up conversation about a, a, a an upset. You know, yeah, and, and it's like a real world problem. It's not it's not just going to happen at Hinder shots. It's like you know, it happens everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it happens at open mic. You know, and, yeah, and uh, I think the greater tragedy is. Not so much that that artist isn't getting listened to. For them, it hurts. It's a personal right, sure, attack sure. a little bit, and you're just like you take it personally, and you're like, why? Yeah. Why are they leaving? Yeah. I get that way when I play with you know different bands at different venues. Like maybe there's TVs at the venue, and they don't turn them off, and I'm just like, why? Why are you doing that? That is. But I think the greater it's wrong <laughs> tragedy in the greater tragedy is that people don't care. Like right. it's just we've become so sort of complacent and desensitized mm-hmm. to that input constantly coming in mm-hmm. and it, it's just kind of sad to watch it's like this mm-hmm. and I, I'm part of it you mm-hmm. know like I do it I, mm-hmm. I, I, I get mad at myself because I get sucked in and I start watching yeah, like sure. I'm 
looking at the TV, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, ah, when can we break away from that a little bit? Not the mm-hmm. TV's bad. It's fine. It's I watch a, it at night yeah. with my wife. It's how do you, you know? use it? You know, it's like, uh, it used to be uh, that um, maybe a bar had one TV. It had yeah. TV. You know, like, a, like you know, 16, 17, I don't know, small. Yeah, a small little TV. box in the back and you, you turn on the local sports game. A couple of guys want to watch the game, they go sit by the TV and watch it. Now... You go to some restaurants today, and you can't look out. Let's find a table where I can sit where I'm not facing TV screen. It's like, you know, you don't... You can't find Maybe one. you can, like... <laughs> there's 80 TVs. There's one's going to be in the corner of your eye somewhere, yeah. or right, you know, Because right they're all there. 60, yeah. 70 inches, you know, and yeah. they're huge, and and they're just everywhere. It's just it's just gotten... I think I think the greater... Uh, the, the, the deeper message of that conversation with Sarah J was just like, why can't people just come and have an experience mm-hmm. with you know it, live in this moment like not yeah. have to have all this outside influence or you know I mean there's no TVs here mm-hmm. it wasn't like that wasn't the well, problem the problem was people were just so they're f- not paying attention like yeah, just not yeah. being here just, I mean there's something I, I, what it made when I was listening to you guys talk I, I mean I've I felt I had to uh, well I had several thoughts but I you know I like it when it's not me, and you do you do have a tendency to want to shout. It has to be a creative way to uh, command their attention so that you don't yeah. um, uh, chase them away, you know. <clears throat> but I, I I was aware that it was a uh, it was um, Athfest, right? So right. it could be that they're just like, let's go in here and party, and and maybe. They just couldn't stop talking, and the irony you know, there is, Athfest is like a music festival. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, it's <laughs> based, it's steeped in that. Like it's <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, very good the point. The point right. is, you're supposed to come here and listen mm-hmm. and check it out. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, you Move bounce along. to the next yeah, thing. Very good point. You, or yeah, you, you stay. But like, it's not a you know, it wasn't talk <laughs> fest or right, like conversation right, yeah. fest. Yes. It's at fest. It's like a music festival. You went to the chatterbox and, competition. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But and I think it's true for every music festival. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's more about the the hang and mm-hmm. the party than it mm-hmm. is about getting the, mm-hmm. the the art. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And being a part of the art and mm-hmm. and I. Struggle with it because, like, I've, I mean, I've talked at shows. Definitely, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. talked at shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and be an active listener. I try and pay close attention. Sure, sure. If I need to talk, I will, you know, make it a point to go outside. I mm-hmm. certainly don't take phone calls or anything. I try not to get on my phone and text and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, right. I'm not definitely not being self righteous here. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think. Um, these these moments that you are able to be a part of should be so important mm-hmm. because it's why we wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like art and culture and you know food and and mm-hmm. just the things that the first world, like fifth level, you know uh, Maslow hierarchy things. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Shelter's taken care of, clothing's right. taken care of, foods, you know, basic sustenance oh, yeah. is taken care of. So now we're into this level of like, okay, now we can enjoy 
all the things life has to offer, whether mm-hmm. that's taking a walk and looking at flowers and mm-hmm. listening to birds, or whether that's going to a movie and sitting right. quietly and watching this this art that, that a mm-hmm. director's put out and all these actors have put out, or coming to a show right. and just sitting and listening for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you know? You make, 45 minutes, yeah. you can't be quiet for 45 you, exactly. minutes. Exactly, you make a really good point, because... Uh, um, uh, not everyone has, you know, several hundred bucks to sh- sh- travel to Athens and yeah, pay to go in whatever bar to see live music. You know, go in there and appreciate it, and if or you know, be respectful and keep your communications uh, short. Or go to the bar with eighty TVs and watch whatever watch game TVs. you want to watch right, and, right, right. And, and talk to your buddies. Exactly. That's yeah. fine. There's yeah, bars yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. this this place is a sacred place. Mm-hmm. Like as are any music venues mm-hmm. in town. Like it's a place to go engage in music mm-hmm. and entertainment. You know, right. whether it's comedy or or yeah. live music or you know, spoken word poetry mm-hmm. or whatever it is like just be there and <laughs> shut up you know? exactly, exactly. Like, and just or don't yeah yeah exactly I uh head up well you know I want to make it a little bit about me that uh, last night at open mic some friends you know not super close but some friends showed up who were frequenting open mic and and like oh yeah um we're gonna we're gonna go outside, but uh, we'll be back for open mic. You know, they assured me. <clears throat> and then, you know, of course, I do my little bit at the beginning to start the show. And they, they were outside talking, which is <laughs> which is totally fine because they went outside to talk. But I was yeah. like, hey, what about me? Open mic means I perform too. You know, what about me? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that, yeah, that was that's an example of they knew they were needing to catch up, so they just went outside. Took it talk, outside. You know, which is that's you respect. Know. Right. Yeah, right. I, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. It's a you know, and uh, oh, that, that I can make another conversation. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I want you to share a little bit of the experience of being with one or two of these bands on the road. You know what's well. The two big ones now are Randall Randall Bramlett Band and mm-hmm. uh, Kishibashi, um, and. Um, Randall started calling, of course, right when I opened Hendershots in 2010. Uh He had a dynamite band, and they were touring, and then um, they had a road manager uh, that they were with for a long time who actually died uh, one weekend when they were on the road. He he had a heart attack in the van and died. Um, And I think it shook everybody in the band. to a point where it's just you know, like everybody just started backing off a little bit, and then his drummer Jerry, who's a great friend um, now, and and uh, I didn't know him then, but uh, he started having some really crazy health problems with vertigo, um, mm-hmm. almost incurable vertigo. He still has it, mm-hmm. um, so he was like starting to not be able to travel, and. Um, a friend of mine, Chris Inghauser, actually was filling in on bass a couple of gigs, and Randall was like, man, you know any drummers in town that could do this gig? And mm-hmm. Chris was like, I mean, you should call my buddy Seth. And it was right at that time that I had opened Hendershots, and the reason I opened Hendershots is because I was playing weddings and cover band gigs and just this soul-crushing stuff that I did not like. Mm-hmm. And Randall started calling like right after we opened, and I was like, damn. It's okay, amazing. Once you make a... Excuse me, once you make a... 
move to take care of yourself because that's a pretty bold uh, decision to start a, a business, you know, rather than... Two years after the economic crash correct. of 2008. Well, yeah. And also, <laughs> you're, it's, all, it, it's a balance because, I mean, you apparently have been able to pull it off, but it's like uh, you run a business and, and also... Put some time into following your your art or your dream, you know. Yeah, which that's is, been a, tra- a challenge, yeah. a real challenge, and and I've had amazing help, you know, obviously from right. my wife and family, mm-hmm. um, my brother, uh, our former partners Justin Robert, who mm-hmm. helped out a ton. I mean, like, I I there's no way I would have been able to do it without all of them. Exactly. I see. I see their. You know. Yeah, I see their participants you know yeah big time um so not a solo effort at all but yeah randall started calling then and i would go out once in a while with him and jerry would still do some stuff and Mm -hmm. then it just started to get more and more calls and you know granted like the shop was paying off loans so i wasn't making any money at the shop so you know going out with him was a godsend Uh like Uh we needed money and my wife was just like she was had just started her master's program and Mm -hmm. And you know, it was was looking down the road to a PhD, so it's going to be a while. She's going to be in school. She's getting yes. student loans, but you know that's not enough to sustain a family. So I'm right. trying to hustle and just do what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Randall thing came right on time, and you know it was like the best time and the worst time for it to come. Exactly. Exactly. Um, right. yeah. So that was a godsend, and then it just got busier and busier, and then eventually we went out and opened for Bonnie Raitt for a couple of weeks okay. across America and. Uh, well, the really like southern United States, uh-huh. um, southern California, and then through like the Southwest and Texas and uh, uh, over into Alabama. Cool. Um, but that was a really fun two week run, uh, and I got to see like this big production. You know, I got to see what that's like. You know? um, we were in a van; they were in a tour bus, but it was still <laughs> exciting to see but you were how still it part actually of it. operates. Yeah, 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 we yeah. ate dinner with her every mm-hmm. night, and she mm-hmm. was a sweetheart. She was really nice to us, and yeah. uh, Randall would get up and play with her every night, and oh, um, and then his stuff just started becoming more of a priority for me, mm-hmm. um, just because you know he was putting out great music, and mm-hmm. it, you know, continues to put out great music, and um, and then yeah, and then we moved here. And um, about, well, around Which, that time the, when the, we moved co- here. The, the coffee bar moved to the new location. Yeah, Hendershot's moved from Oglethorpe <clears throat> Avenue to Prince Avenue. Mm-hmm. And around that time, Kishibashi was putting out his second album. And mm-hmm. his first album was, like, really well received. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, and he was going out doing solo stuff. And then finally, with this new record, wanted to put together a band and had asked me and I was just like ah oh, that's an amazing you know opportunity because mm-hmm. this guy's really like legit he's mm-hmm. killing it you know, he's writing great material and he's fun and um, I know that there's a tour bus involved and it would be all over the United States and it could be a really good time and we talked a bunch and then finally I landed on you know I just I can't do uh-huh. that man there's no way uh-huh. and he got uh, Phil Mayer who was a local drummer at the time Phil now lives in New York but um, Phil's great man young guy um, good friend of mine and uh, good you know active member in the music was an active member in the music community so it was a great fit because he needed he wanted a big gig and he got it and, um, so they went out as a four piece um, and supported his record for like a year and a half almost two years um, on and off the road and then Phil moved to New York and around that time um, I started teaching Kay's daughter drum lessons 
and ah, okay, she okay. was brilliant <laughs> kid, man, uh, really awesome kid, and and we had some good lessons. And Kay would sit in on the lesson; he would just kind of sit on the couch and watch. Uh-huh. And um, around that that time, he was recording his newest record, mm-hmm. his latest record, mm-hmm. um, and he was flying back and forth to L.A. And I was like, man, this guy's to LA to do a, <laughs> a record and he told me who he had on the album and I was like whoa these are some hot shot players like mm-hmm. he's got a budget yeah um so I started to realize like what a kind of a big deal he was mm-hmm. you know and I was like this is really cool man mm-hmm. teaching his kid and then uh eventually he just called me and was like look you know I know you have a lot going on but I'd really like it if you'd come out and play drums for this tour um, and sent me the record, and I, I mean, you know, my immediate reaction was like, "Yes, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. say no twice to this <laughs> yeah, guy." Yeah. Man, I already told him, you know, <laughs> kind of told him no once, and I don't want to miss out again. Yeah, so I sure. went to my wife and told her what the situation was. It was basically a five week tour over the whole United States and mm-hmm. in a tour bus and uh, great venues, you know, fifteen hundred seater like George Theater size venues mm-hmm. and, and, and a little bit bigger. And, and Amazing. Uh, Amazing. the band was all really great guys, and I was just like. I got to do this. So I talked to Jen and uh, we, you know, discussed it for a while and kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, the money was good, the, the hang was good, the conditions were all right mm-hmm. and and that we could survive, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a couple. And, um, and so I went out and did it and it was not nearly as easy as we suspected it was going to be. Sure, um, sure. Both, you know, f- from this place and also from our Relationship, you know, just being yeah. away from somebody you spend every single yeah. day with is not easy no. at all. No. Um, and and you know, I'm like, I'm not a, a wanderer or anything. Like, I'm not <laughs> girl crazy. I don't try and hunt that out. I'm right, not, but still, I don't, separate... I don't do drugs anymore. You right, know, right. like like when I was in my yeah. 20s or whatever. I'm a much older, wiser person now. I can handle that that lifestyle, right, right. and it's pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. It's fast and and crazy, like right. or it can be if you if you let it get away. Right, right. Um, but I we ended up having an awesome tour. It was a really great time. But that part of it, like that sort of whole, you know, being without her, right, and certainly her being left here, mm-hmm. like it was is much easier to leave than it is to be left. You know. Okay. Like I guess yeah. When I she guess goes could, on yeah, her, sure, sure. she goes on her mm-hmm. trips to do conferences and mm-hmm. stuff like first day or two I'm like alright that's yeah, the time, woo, time. Right, let's right. watch whatever we want and yeah. eat you know horrible food and just like brr, you know hang out and then about day two you're like I wonder what they're doing I don't really miss right. her no whatever so the, I, I sometimes get like wait what do now what do I do right what what are we gonna do oh we are it's we it's, it's just, just me, me. I, yeah. I decide what we do so you I know, can't what, imagine you know, she's never gone yeah. for five yeah. weeks and mm-hmm. so I can't imagine by week three she really started to you know come on board and just like this isn't I don't like this mm-hmm. at all you know we can't function like this right and uh, and we you know we had a hard time when I got back like had a really uh, big sort of come to Jesus fight you know what I oh. mean like do or die kind of thing and and it, and and work through it and you know it made, just, I, I imagine it made your relationship a stronger one it did we came out yeah. on the other side of it a whole lot better mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty great awesome. um 
and then of course the Japan Australia tour came up. <laughs> that was after and that. I after just, the... That was after our yeah, and I just <laughs> brought it up like here's what's going on. Right. And at that point it was like, well, you know, now we're almost a little financially dependent on mm-hmm. that. So it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, was like, Okay, it's ten days and it's a part of the world we may never get to see, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Unless we you know, start making crazy money or whatever because right, it's right. tough to get over there. So she was, you know, supportive of that, mm-hmm. and I went and did that, and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> that really is a beautiful part of the world. Um, and then that led to another four week tour. Oh, in April, um, and we thought we had it licked, and then we were like, no, we don't. So when I and and you know Josh and I, my brother and I, buying out our partners right around that time, okay, okay. made it all a little more critical. Okay, uh, everything became like you mean getting earning uh, doing earning the money or well just, just being here and, and the, just making sure things make roll like they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, okay. Um, put more pressure on Jen and. Sure, um, sure. In between all that, I had gone to Europe with Randall for two weeks too. So it was wow. it was a nuts uh, yeah. end of 2016. The whole fall was crazy, and um, so basically, I came back from Japan, Australia, knowing the four week tour was on the horizon, and just told Kay like, I don't think after this run, I I, I got to stay home for a mm-hmm. while. And he was very cool about it, okay. and was like, yeah totally yeah. get it and you know, he's, he's married also. he's also married with yeah. a child you know but uh his take home's probably a little better than mine yeah oh, right 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 <laughs> I see his yeah, name's yeah, on yeah. the marquee so <laughs> it's kind of like you know yeah I get it yeah there's a, um yeah. but he was very gracious about it mm-hmm. and he's he is gonna do a tour in November without me mm-hmm. um he got a guy the guy the drummer from up Montreal is actually gonna oh, fill in on okay. that and I'll still do one offs with him and mm-hmm. you know who knows down the road I may do another I hope to do yeah. another tour with him. He's great, yeah. and his band's great. Like we're all really good friends now, and awesome. you know, I'm miss those guys. But wow. I'll still see him around still and still play with him a bunch. And cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, I'm impressed with you. Uh, with uh, kind of putting the balance together, you know, of because I I mean I hear a lot of stories of, and I think it's not a, you know you have to hear the stories. It's almost like cliche now that the. Uh, guys on tour or women on tour the. The uh, relationships always suffer, you know. Yeah, and they, yeah, they can. You know? And we were—I'm very fortunate that uh, Jen and I have the relationship. Um, our relationship is such that we can, we can, we'll fight. Like mm-hmm. we'll definitely throw down. I think, but that we'll happens. work to yeah. make it work. <laughs> right, right, I mean? right. <laughs> um, and there's more good than bad. So. Yeah. And we've got two kids, and we've just like we've got a life together, and mm-hmm. it only makes sense if we're both a part of it. Right, right. And it's I think it's probably best for the kids in almost every every scenario. It's probably best for the kids that the that the parents' marriage work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's you know unless there's some you know unimaginable horrible dynamic it's better the folks stay together i think yeah yeah i think so and we both come from homes where our parents stay together so yeah yeah. it's totally worth it i think uh but yeah but i have i i love both my parents but they did not stay together ah so i i am fond of them both and i care for them both but i also there were times in my life where i go oh you don't get this part because you know 
dad lives somewhere else, you right. know, or, you know, and it's, you know, because, you know, it's like, what, I don't know exactly what they were dealing with. They're their own personalities, you know. Yeah. So, but, uh, <clears throat> but so, so, you know, a kid, maybe it was for the best. Maybe I don't know what would have happened otherwise. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, I, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm glad you're splitting because you always fight. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, care for my that, life so. is quieter now. Yeah, exactly. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you two are kind of crazy, <laughs> but uh, but then I I contemplate later on in life, you know, about what's what. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know how long, how much time you have, um, Seth, because uh, yeah, it's gonna okay. be. Wait, let's see, let's uh, Russell that oral history camp amped your podcast. Uh, Seth Hendershot has a k- podcast he's doing for the coffee shop bar c- called Hendershots, right? Shots in the Dark. Shots in the Dark. Right? Yeah, is the name of the podcast. The name yeah, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So check it out. And Thank I'll, you. And um, little plug. <laughs> yeah, a little plug. And so you know, I want to, I'll, I want to uh, touch base with you on occasion and share uh, podcast notes. Yeah, definitely, because, uh, definitely. And I know uh, everyone's doing it, and I, I uh, have to say, I'm a I didn't want to say this on my first podcast, but I am a fan of Mark Maron. Do you ever listen to WTF? Yeah, I have listened to Mark Maron a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm more of a Gimlet Media guy. Oh well, right I better well, I better uh, write that down. Gimlet Media, Gimlet. yeah, man. Anything they put yeah. out is worth listening to. Okay, I'll some check it out. Really great stuff. But everybody's doing the. So, I mean, not everybody, but it's become a thing where a lot of people are doing it. I love it, and you know, and there's a reason everyone's doing it because uh, there's a it's a great way to share information yeah. or just get you know it's a cool medium yeah, man it's, a, it's like it's it's better than audiobook because uh-huh. you know the that's got a, a beginning and end. i don't know podcasts just seem to be sort of open-ended and mm-hmm. they can keep going or or they can just yeah. stop and go well away. it's long it's long form i mean my my general philosophy going into this was uh either keep it interesting or keep it short right so i don't know which i've done Today, That's but, what uh, editing but is for. yeah, exactly. So you know, hopefully, <clears throat> I'm hoping to like not have to edit. But I mean, anyway. But uh, that I was, uh, I guess, I listened to Mark enough, so I feel self. Mark, my first name basis. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, yeah, he's my friend. But um, that uh, like I'm like sometimes there's comments, and he. They're not rude about it, but they do sort of allude to the fact that everyone wants to do a podcast now, you know. Sure. When he, when sure. he talks about it. And, and he, he, I think, has influenced a lot of people to try the podcast. Yeah. Maybe I'm one. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, but, uh, some people do one or two, and then you're just kind of like, meh. That's yeah. what I'm hoping not to do, because I've only done two at this point, and I could very easily not do a third one. Right, right. Um, I just want to, really. Yeah. Bad, you know? I think it's worth it, because you... Uh, like I feel like I have I, I wrote some names down I was like wow I got there's a lot of people that are interesting they'd be interesting to others or they're just interesting to me and I think I could make a yeah it'd be a good talk you yeah. know or a good just some information that needs to be shared <clears throat> and so you have that through your you know history in the world you you can draw these people in and you're promoting them because they're showing up at your yeah, venue yeah, that and was sort playing of the, music, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, what do you call it? The, the motivating factor, I guess, in in trying to do it was just like 
another means of promotion. You know, mm-hmm. anything I can do to promote shows yeah. and get people out to different events that are happening here. Because they'll listen to it though, and they'll feel personally connected. Like you know, like that one was with SK SJ SJ. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. SJ. You it's like well, then you know, there's a club owner. He cares about the performers. You know, he's not. You yeah. Know. Oh, and by the way, I will another plug for your place. Good sound system. Ah, you know, thank you. everyone loves the open mic, and I think, I think it's true that not very many open mics have, you know, a, a sound guy and like a mic for the voice and the that's guitar. That's crazy. Like, to you me. know, that's not like a stand is not broken. That, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe crazy. I'm, maybe I'm partial because I spend a lot of time here, but I think it's good, good venue for music. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I would probably should end on that note okay. and then uh, pick this up another time. Yeah, man. Seth Hendershot, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. For yeah, this man, interview. It's been a pleasure. Been a Real pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> What's it called again? The working title? The working title is Limited Perspective. Limited Perspective. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I made a little logo. So.